0: We're back. Kyle Bailey, Roman Harper. What's up? Yo, Kyle, what's good, bro? Everything. Well,
1: I mean, it's hot. I mean. Where to begin? Yeah, we got a lot of things going on, Kyle.
0: Where to begin? I I, I feel like an old man. I, well, I have a pinched nerve in my neck. Yes. I'm not sleeping again. Here I, I let you out know, cranky. Do I sound cranky right now? I got I to gotta brighten up some, man. I don't want to sound cranky. Hey,
1: Kyle, you know what? I just think you, you just have this very powerful voice. Right? Is that it? That's what it is, Kyle. If you don't know if you don't know how to read the temperature of Kyle. <laughs> it can sound a quite bit overbearing. You know
0: what? I get that. I get that. I've been told that before. So I will uh, I'll turn the volume down. Hope you're doing well
1: everybody. We're back uh, this, again kind of a another layoff here. We we both but Kyle. Going hard at it, man. I, I can't just let you jump over that though. Well, I appreciate everybody coming back through too. I do. All all the listeners and we're going to start doing a little bit more video. We got to For this. sure, for sure. We got to put this thing all the way together. But anyways, Kyle. You can't let holding a, your own child start fucking up your body, Kyle. <laughs> You can't do that. I shouldn't have said you, that you, because I you, don't know
0: if that's what did it or not. Well, but I took it. Is that an old man injury? Is that what that yeah, is? Kyle. That's like, because come on, bro. like, by the time I tried to go to sleep last night by like 930, I had, I, I mean, and you know it immediately. It's a pinch nerve, right? Like that scapular muscle right there in your shoulder on the inside. I mean, it's just brutal. And you're, you're, every, it's like paralyzing. And so, yes, I think I got it from holding the baby yesterday. I was trying to get her to go back to sleep and take a nap so I could get some stuff done around the house. And, yeah, I guess at some point, as I was, like, swaying her to music and trying to get her to go to sleep, I'm pretty sure I tweaked my shoulder and my neck. And that's depressing to say out loud. It's fucking depressing to say
1: out loud. <laughs> Kyle, look, Thanks man, for making me say that. You know what, Kyle? Kyle, do you ever – man, you got to be, like, in your family. You're the father. You right. got your daughter. your right. wife. Like, bro – like you got to be like the camel, right? Like Absolutely. you got to be able to carry everything. Got to be the buffalo. You, gotta you got be the to bison. the bison. Yep. Do you ever? Now you can't now say like you, you know, ox, Sky. Man. Yes. Your daughter, Sky, your beautiful daughter, is was the bag that broke the camel's back. Right. You
0: got to <laughs> be the ox, man. That's what it is. And I think I think that uh, what is it? My my Chinese symbol, my sign. I think it's uh-huh. the ox. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure. I know mine. Mine's well, the dog. You're the dog. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I got. I got to look. At, I haven't looked at that in a long time. But no, I, you're right. I, gotta, uh, I I can't let that old man stuff. No, nah, man, you can't good. do it.
1: Kyle, it's all right, though. You, le- you live and you learn from it. Yeah. And well, then from here, bro, you live you, and you learn. You live and you hurt, man. Yeah, man, but you got it. It's all right. You just got to keep, uh, you know, working out a little okay, bit. Okay, so a
0: couple things we got we to talk about today because I want to get into some serious stuff. Not all right, really, let's jump. Some, So last we left the podcast, I was telling <laughs> you that I'd really gotten into a show called The Good Lord Bird and that yes. you should check it out. Within twenty four hours, maybe thirty six hours, I get a text from you saying that you stayed up until three a.m.
1: watching this show. I did, yeah, dude. I, I put the I put half the pop shot together. I got everything ready to go. I just got to put the last finished piece. But it's a two people job, and my wife was not. You have pop shot going up in here. Yeah, yeah. Well, right outside. Sick. Yeah. So, anyways, so Kyle. you just
0: you dropped what you were doing.
1: Yeah, and I just started doing pop shot. And good, the good Lord, Bert. like that's all I was doing up and you here. You binged God. the whole thing, the whole binge, dude. I binged for like three days and I thought it was awesome. You I loved mean, it. I did. I, I thought he was, um, uh, his name is slipping my mind. John mark. Brown. Yes, Ethan Hawke. He did an amazing job, like showing passion, showing like there was no other. Like, he was called to do this, he died for this cause. And happily you know what i mean like and then at the end it kind of i don't even want to tell everybody everything but you know well
0: that's one of those things though where it's like it was an historical event or a series of historical events right a
1: real person and and then but then also i knew who he was but i didn't even think about the actual perspective of like that he was like a white man at that time that was being hung like the rest of all the black people like when black people just did anything wrong so
0: at harper's ferry yeah, I mean, that, And that's where the whole thing ended. And I, you're right. And what I was saying was, though, that it's a documentary. It's an historical event. It's a very famous person. So I don't really worry about spoilers. Like, yeah, yeah. If you don't know the history, I'm not. Spoiler alert. Well, it's, well yeah, it's it's there's a, no spoiler to it. No, there's no spoiler it. to no, it. No, no, no. There's no spoiler to it. He gets hanged <laughs> yeah. you know, for, for trying to uh, take over an armory in Harper's Ferry, what was then Virginia, now West Virginia. And, yeah, that's where it all ended. But, I mean, he was. Th- th- that's the other thing is That and I'm sure you saw this a bunch of times. It says on the show, I think it's all of this happened, most of it is true. Remember that? It's what it says on the show. So, I had somebody when I was talking about this on the air, though, on my radio show last week, maybe you know, say that they felt like it wasn't all that historically accurate. And I was thinking, I was okay, well, I kind of go into stuff like this thinking that there's a lot of it that's going to be dramatized, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I know there are different opinions, maybe, or views on on John Brown throughout history. But, like, he was the abolitionist John Brown. Uh, Bleeding Kansas happened. Harper's Ferry happened. He was hanged. You know, he was someone that Malcolm X said would probably be the only white guy he would ever let
1: into his organization. Dude, he uh, came in there. He killed them all, bro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he gave them the choice to, like, forgive your sins and won't do it like slavery has to be done. Right,
0: and he was- Dumb, even, And he,
1: like, add, like, and these people made their choices, and he did, too. It was-
0: Wow. It <laughs> <Ethan laughs> was. Ethan Hawke was fantastic. Uh, yeah,
1: it. and, like, if it played out that way, for me, I thought it was a great dramatization of whatever the present events were at that time, right? Like, none of us there to, like, see right. But- And it was a really good
0: blend of- violence and storytelling right, right. and comedy and Well, you know. it's
1: the fact that I didn't I wouldn't have thought in the persp- I I didn't I wouldn't have uh thought that the abolition of John Brown was that violent, right? When he like did some things. He was a lunatic. <laughs> right, but this guy was crazy. I mean, and it was funny from the perspective of the young the, like through the eyes of the young boy, the young black boy. Onion. 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 <laughs> Onion. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who was a actually a, a a girl like that was the only reason it was, I don't know. He was a young boy. <laughs> yeah, play. You know, basically lived
0: as a girl. Yeah,
1: and you know, back then, not everybody had clothes. Boys' clothes. If right. you had, you know, you just had kids' clothes. But they the they whole, just wore.
0: Just the the way that the story was told the characters right.
1: the shot like i, I mean I, onion the whole time is like this guy's crazy but if he's <laughs> I, I,
0: the whole i thought it was great start to finish i, did, I thought I did. it was I, fantastic I loved it. right and whether or not it's it's true
1: to someone's
0: you know historical view of, of john brown i guess we can have that discussion but again i just assumed that all these things what do they
1: say drama what do they say on the radio It band? wasn't
0: someone who was being like you know they, they weren't being nasty about it i think uh, they i think they might have even enjoyed the show but said they felt that it was very historically inaccurate and it's like well it's a TV show. You know, I, I can go read the particulars. And yeah, I do think it matters to get history right, but I didn't think anything was egregious about it. You know, if you yeah, didn't yeah. know the story of the abolitionist John Brown, well, you probably enjoyed it, and now you know the story. I, I, I don't know, did that come out last year or this year? I think it should win some awards. I think it was that I, good. I,
1: I agree. We're going definitely gonna pub this thing up, Kyle. We talked about it. You told me about it, and I was like, you know what, man? I just, I, and I appreciate that, Kyle. That was, was good. I, you know, that it got, was really I got a good, good one every once in a while. So yeah, that, man. It was so, really so, so good. And I, I say everybody else go watch it too. It's yeah. moving. It's passionate, and it's just funny though, because man, this guy John. I mean, they went to the end, man. The people that died with him. I mean, I mean, you really died. And I like look. I, I will just say this one thing. And if he really said this part, then I totally get it. He's like, how many people in this world die for over anything or, or die for nothing? Right. He's like, how, like, I'm dying for something. Like, I'm dying to end slavery. Like, yeah. Something that's big. Like, that and, and he God was, has told me to do. Yes. He, and his, You know what I mean? That God has told me to do this. Absolutely. Like, and that is what I'm on. And I'm dying for this. And, like, how good is that? And i like, at that point, it's a different switch in your life. You know what I mean?
0: It's fa- well, and that's the thing is that
1: that was the part that I, I really, that was a, I, that's all I'm gonna say. He
0: was a religious zealot. He was yes. he was a crazy man. I yeah, mean, and and I'm not.
1: And most everybody now knows. And if you don't think slavery, it, you you still think people should be he enslaved, was and that's crazy. And use yeah. those things in pursuit yes. of a very noble thing.
0: And like, yes, that's, again, his, some people. I just feel, know
1: he's the one that look. And I'm gonna put it in the most football terms, way as possible. <laughs> all right. He's the one, all right, that kicked the motherfucking ball off oh. on the first quarter and went down there as a wedgebuster and bust somebody. I don't know who he hit. Oh yeah. But that is how he rolled. John
0: Brown is a wedgebuster.
1: <laughs> John <laughs> Brown is the wedgebuster. Believe I like that. I that
0: a lot. I like that a lot. John Brown is a wedge And he's buster. not
1: even that big, but he's really fast and he don't give a damn. Dude,
0: how good was real quick? I, we got to get to other stuff, but how good was Ethan Hawk? It Ethan was really Mark good. Was so but good he's played
1: role. a couple roles really, really well. Oh, he's now. a great
0: actor. But yes. like that, the way he played and portrayed the craziness of John Brown, I thought. And again, I don't know if it was that
1: historically accurate. He's,
0: he was pretty crazy. It was. It was so it's good enough for me. Yeah. They, yeah. It
1: was. It was. It was. And then even the fact of you know, his prayers would go on for. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what else we got to talk about: Julio Jones. Thank you. You brought
0: this up to me as we were about to start, Julio Jones. I think this is huge.
1: Okay. All right. So and I, and like Kyle, first of all, I think you're going to be a little bit biased to this just off the top because you, yourself, sir, live on the radio. Well, you live here in Charlotte. You hear all the <laughs> right. everyday Panthers rhetoric from all the fans and everything. So it's, it's, it rides on you, Kyle, whether you love it or not. Uh-huh. But Julio Jones, is pro- he's probably the best receiver in the NFL when uh, healthy.
0: Really? Still?
1: But like he has that type of ability Still. Win healthy. All right. He hasn't been healthy for the last I'll couple of years. your word for it. All right. He's got it all. All right. The fact that he just always like, you know what? I want out. I want out. I'm like, that's big. That's really big news. I don't know what's going to happen. How's it going to shake? This is the first time Terry Fondo has a little something kind of out of the water. Okay, I don't even well, know he, why. Before
0: we even get into the particulars of, of a trade or how good he is, can we talk about the fact that Shannon Sharp just straight up called this guy on TV? Put him on a speakerphone, asked him if he was out, and he just said, yeah, I'm going, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and then when he asked him about wanting to win, said, yeah, I'm not going to Dallas, I don't. I want to win. Like, I mean, th- th- there was an article out today, a couple of them actually, where it was like, first of all, people were debating whether or not Shannon told him ahead of time he was going to be on the air. All right. And if he didn't tell him. I forgot that that's really how it happened. If he <laughs> didn't tell him that he was on the air, that's, you shouldn't do that. You know, that's a really, first of all, there are rules against that in radio. Um, now, it's two guys that know each other, but, I mean, you, you, there are things you can and can't do. Right. And so there's an article out today, again, that you know Fox, maybe the NFL, not happy about the way that it went down. And I think it was uh, Fox and maybe the, the agency that represents Julio Jones saying this is a big deal. It's a problem. The NFL just signed a new deal with Fox, $2 billion a year, so on and so forth. Falcons had no advanced knowledge or input into the interview. So, like, this is turned into, like, a soap opera Who really cares at the end of the day? But there are some particulars here that apparently really piss people off. Like the fact that Shannon might not have told him he was on the air. You can't do that to people. uh
1: you know, if that if that did happen, I don't. Did that really happen?
0: I, I don't know. Like that's <laughs> th- there are people who feel strongly in both directions. He had to have known. There's no way they piped the, the the audio into the TV broadcast immediately. Had to have been pre-planned. Other people saying no, he didn't tell him they were live until the end of it, and that Julio's a very private person, and he probably Julio
1: wouldn't. is a very private person. So
0: I mean, like I see both sides of it. I don't know. I just think it's being made a really big deal about. Shannon Sharp is one of the funniest people on TV. He is. And I he can't is. even be
1: mad at him if he didn't tell him. that. Like, it's wrong to do that. Hey, hey, man, it was great news, though. I mean, this is huge. That's what I'm saying. I think it's big no matter how it showed up here. It's here. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it doesn't matter how yeah, it got here. Yeah. It, it's here now. Yeah, it's here. And so it has to be addressed. I guess. All right? And Julio Jones is a big-time player. Julio says he wants to go play with Cam in New England. I mean – That'd if they could cool. make that happen. That'd be pretty cool. That would be great. And it's in the AFC, so at least he's not a problem. If you're Atlanta, he's out of state, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> but then you, know, you really want to – but then everybody's going to hate you forever because you traded one of the best receivers in the league to New England. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's going to be that because you know it's those type of people too. It's like, man, oh, New England's back. Oh. <laughs> The, yeah, them again.
0: Well, I mean, and the truth is, though, like, uh, when you think about it, they sucked last year. Like, New England was really bad. Yes. But for some reasons that made sense, they had a bunch of opt-outs, guys opted out because of COVID, yeah. dudes got hurt, Julian Edelman went down, And all due respect, you know, no, no you know, shade being thrown, but Cam was thrown to Demir Burt, like, that was his top top receiver last year. Yes. And so, Cam wasn't always good, no. but now they've added Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, and, you know. Obviously, they had a weapon or two there already as they get healthier. And, you know, you add something like Julio Jones to that. Oh, they got a real receiver. They still don't have a real receiver. I, I don't know what – I'm not saying that it's an Top automatic – like it's not necessarily a slam dunk that it's going to be electric, but, like,
1: that's
0: – got a no, lot to work that. that
1: is that is – that's the best thing they had since Randy Moss. That's, and it's not even close. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Like – In terms of just wide receiver talent, <laughs> I agree. Right. I'm right. just saying, like, the, if they were to have Cam Newton under center – uh if they did That's a lot of weapons Julio man Jones, and you still got Sony Michelle
1: trying to run the exactly. run the rock too. Right. You got that so And also uh the one from Alabama. Uh, if you gave Bill Damian Belichick Williams. that
0: He can work with that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he can work with that.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a great one. Is that the is that the the rumor mill?
0: Well, I mean, I think Julio said it. I was talking about it yesterday. <laughs> hey right. man, do we get people say things? Hey, look, and, and also things. you got to understand
1: uh, players are starting to like they understand they have value. So, oh, while well, yeah. I still have I value, so. yeah, I, I might as so. well try and get how I want it, you know? I, th- Julio's been in Atlanta a long time. Julio, Atlanta ain't never did – well, they went to the Super Bowl. I can't say they ain't never uh-huh. did nothing. They went to the Super Bowl, but – Uh-huh. Dude, that, I mean, I don't know. It, look, I think it, Atlanta's kind of cursed. Well,
0: just a couple of articles out in the last few hours. Rumors are rampant the Patriots are mulling a move to land Falcons wide out Julio Jones. Uh, internal discussions have been had in Foxborough, according to Mike Giardi of the uh, NFL Network. And I would
1: give up my first-round pick next year. You would give up a first? Hell, yes.
0: Okay, I'm just asking. Damn. I would have did that five minutes ago. Five, oh, okay. <laughs> so, we see, the thing was, like – For Julio? Are you kidding me? He, yes. He's making a lot of money. So, you've got to make the Falcons eat as much of that money as you can. Because it's sure. really expensive for 32 years old. And he misses games. So we've got to be honest about it. Like, he yes. does miss games. So, I'm just talking about in terms of the business stuff and the money, I could understand why there would be some hesitation. But – Oh yeah, he's electric. He's I mean, that guy's the real deal. He's as real as they come. I yes. think in that situation, if they made that move, I don't know if it put puts New England ahead of Buffalo, but they're a wild card team, at the very least, I would think.
1: Yeah, man. If, and and not only that, but dude, that's gonna lead us right into where I want to go. Where next, do you wanna too. go? Uh is I mean Talking about the AFC East, I mean, Why? is it pressure on Tua to Stop. win already? Year two. You did not tell T- me
0: we had to talk about Tua today.
1: I, I'm just telling you. I saw it on the bottom of the thing. I wondered. <laughs> I was like, too. I was wondering. I was like, cow. So you,
0: you saw it on the ticker just now.
1: Yeah, earlier. <laughs> right as we were coming on, I was I like, dude, I got it. I don't. know. I mean, it. But in it, but I say that. I asked you this. Uh, I just want to hear your opinion for just to be able to tell you mine. Is that? I mean, yes. It's pressure to win. Like, it's always pressure to win. Sam Darnold just got traded because he didn't win. Like, you always have to win as a quarterback. Slinging Sammy Darnold. Is it, hey, I'll believe him when I see it.
0: Slinging Sammy Darnold. It.
1: Look, man, he's got the keys to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> However you Hey, I can't tell you what direction it's going.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. But he's got the keys. I don't know. I haven't spent much time thinking about the Miami Dolphins. Yeah,
1: but just think I about it. I will
0: say this. They showed but it's, faith in him. Yeah. They showed some faith in him with, the, I think, the draft they had and Good. some of the weapons they brought I in. Agree. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, I don't – if they could have moved on, I will say this, because I'm not – I don't have an intimate knowledge of the Dolphins roster right now. But what I do know is that when they were in the mix for Deshaun Watson, apparently, and it was like the, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Panthers, as the top three teams that were being talked about as the leaders to trade for Deshaun Watson. Yes. If they had a chance to move off of Tua for Deshaun, I would have understood that. No doubt. But outside of that – I don't understand why there have been so many people down on Tua already. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy had a major hip injury coming out of Alabama, and maybe you thought that was a reason not to draft him, and fine. I think that might be sound logic. I get that at least. But I don't think he's shown us anything in the NFL so far to think that he's a bust. But I get people telling me all the time <laughs> when I bring him up on the air and we talk college football, we talk about the, the <laughs> Dolphins. A couple guys in particular, he's a bust. He's terrible. <laughs> Like he he didn't he hasn't
1: played a full season yet man, so
0: I, I I don't know he might not be great but I words don't. words matter man uh, Here's even I, the
1: term bust you well, know what I'm saying
0: would, I, it, I'm gonna get us off of this because that's the depth of my Dolphins knowledge right now right speaking of bust how fucking funny is Kwame
1: Brown right now I mean and I, I bro I, he I, I he's the, got more of a following now than when he played I'm telling you what dude like people like him more now than when he played I do know that, that guy's gotten really real he's got he. He, it's like shots really fired.
0: He's had enough. Kwame <laughs> Brown has had enough. He's, he's heard this. Stuff. He's had enough from Matt Barnes, from Stephen Jackson, from Michael Jordan, from Jamel Hill, from everybody. <laughs> yes. He doesn't want to hear a damn thing from anybody. And he's, I mean, and you know what? Good for him. I am,
1: um, yeah. I, fight I, I, back. I, I, I like pull, it. I'm
0: trying to pull it up. Uh, I think it was an Instagram post where he talked about, you know, his, uh, you know. I guess the story of who he is. You know, people calling him a bust, and he said, you know, I grew up dirt poor and always wanted to give my mom a house and so on and so forth. And he said, and I did that. He said I was 18 years old and they they made me practice two and a half hours before the game, only to play 30 seconds at the end of a blowout. He said Michael Jordan never wanted me around. They treated me like shit. And he said, you know, and I still made blah blah blah. And I still gave yeah. my mom. And he said, so if that's a bust, well then, you know, fuck you. All all you know, young black men should be a bust like me or something along yeah, yeah, yeah. those lines. And I was like, you know what? Good for you, dude. Like. Mm-hmm. I, we talk about people sometimes too casually as being yeah, busts, as I if agree. that doesn't, you know, have a psychological effect.
1: Words uh, matter, Kyle.
0: You know, like, and, and I'm not trying to be like kumbaya about it, but <laughs> you know, good for him. Like, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah for had sure. Enough, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. I, Fight I'm back. Done hearing your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what I think about you. So, yeah. Good. Good for Kwame. Not Brown. only
1: that, but he went deep. bro. when he had Derek Fisher looking at uh, Matt Barnes' wife at the time. Oh, Oh, in, like, slow motion. Whether D. Fish is even looking at it like that or not, yep. I don't even know. Yep. But the fact that, you know, technology allows us to put it in those terms, I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, he went deep, bro. He, like, came yeah. at these cats.
0: He really did. He <laughs> really did. And I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I him.
1: have. I have. Me and my boys have been all in the group chats. We've all been just laughing and i off And, like, off I'm, I marveled at it, too, a little bit, because
0: when I read that statement that he wrote, you know, about all the things I just said – there were some like, clips that had, they were either playing before or after it, whatever. And I was looking at him at 18, 19 years old. And he's a monster of a man. He's, he's huge. He's enormous, right? Yes. He looks like a grown man, but he's 18, 19 years old. And so I was like, well, that's got to be just bizarre. You know, to, to be that young, to be that big, to be amongst those people you know, with, with that kind of money and fame and everything else, and to hear all that terrible shit said about you, what it was like to deal with that at 18 years old. And it's not like a woe is me thing, but like I think of Mike Tyson. Mike I Tyson want to know was, this. Mike, th- t- Mike Tyson was the baddest motherfucker on the planet yep. at 19, 20 years old. He the was. psychological impact that that, and not, not all bad, but think about at 20 years old when you're just coursing with testosterone and ready to, to fight anything in sight, what it must feel like to walk into every room and know that you're the baddest motherfucker in it. Like, that's a perspective that so many people will never have. Almost no one will have. Yeah, no one. And way. Kwame Brown had a similar type perspective at 18 years old.
1: That's, uh, it's so interesting and well, I didn't even think of it that way, but I do understand that, you know, when you have all that power or you get all these things, this new life at like 18 years old, it's very hard to handle it, especially when you're amongst grown men, uh, in a locker room, uh, that have children, have all these things. And, you know, and then for, I guess from, for him to say that Michael Jordan never won him around, even though he drafted him number one overall, like how did that happen? Right like this is just even gets even more interesting but
0: i mean that's again i think of guys like him and dwight howard now dwight's a hall of famer he had a very different career track but like yeah i've talked about dwight in those terms too. imagine being 18 19 years old and having 50 million dollars at your disposal (laughs) you know the whole country knows who you are and you know watches you play and has thoughts on how you play and everything else like it's and you've lived it you know in, in a lot of ways too. Playing the nfl like it's a and you're really good. But not like them away. though.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I mean, basketball players are tall, so like they always stand out. Yeah, they out. stand out. Yeah, they stand out a lot more. I could like Those very guys much. Can't still, hide. No, they, they could can't not. Hide. They're like six ten.
0: But Kwame has been hilarious.
1: It's Man. been really good. I'm glad he's fighting back. Um, but I can't I can't leave Kwame without the subject, without like talking my opinion, as a Lakers fan. Oh my he was so frustrating to watch. Because he was so big. He had good feet. He could do these things. Yeah. But he could not catch the ball consistently. Oh, yeah. And then he ends up with
0: Kobe. You know, he had had to deal with with MJ. Right, right, right. He had to deal
1: with – yeah. And Kobe was, at that time, a very – like, he was probably a very hard player. By all accounts, he was a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) To to work I mean, if he's, like, trying to grind Shaq, who Shaq is who Shaq is. And then imagine when you get a young Kwame. So, I mean, he grinded on Paul Paul Gasol, too. But – I, I I was so happy though when the trade went down. I will say that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I was. What did you? Uh, so Since happy. you mentioned it, what did you think of the uh, the,
0: the the Hall of Fame ceremony? Because last time you and I talked, I think it was the next day that that was going on.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I couldn't even watch it deep like that. Really? No, I man. I, I, I wasn't ready.
0: You wasn't ready to watch Vanessa?
1: No. See, I watched. I mean, I watched her her speech, but not the whole thing. No,
0: I get that. Um, I thought Tim Duncan's speech was fantastic but I I think that's probably influenced by the fact that Tim Duncan doesn't talk to anybody and so to hear him get up there and have to talk for five or ten minutes was just like what's he gonna say I've never heard Tim Duncan talk for that long and he was great he was awesome and he talked about growing up in the you know Virgin Islands St. Croix and Mm -hmm. losing his mother and the hurricane taking away the pool that he trained in to be an Olympic swimmer and so he's like fuck it I'll just try basketball and turned into a hall of famer and went to Wake Forest and like it was awesome did you watch the whole thing? Uh no oh, no gotta it I got I got to so watch I got I'll listen to it. Was so good.
1: I believe it. And again, I think and then, then just... I heard he I heard he poked a shot at Pop too.
0: Well, and he waited till the very end. <laughs> you know, I won't spoil the whole thing for you. I didn't. I thought you saw it, but yeah, no, he waited till the very end. To talk oh, okay, to okay. And, was, and you could see it there at the end. You know, Pop's got the long hair. Pop's looking older these days. Yeah, and yeah, you man. You could tell. Well, his he, teams
1: aren't winning as much. I mean, yeah, they're not. Yeah.
0: And they're in the lottery this year. Right, record. right. But Pop was. You could tell he was fighting back tears when Tim was talking about it. It was. It was really good. Really, man that's really, like good. his
1: son though but he, you know like he said like tim said uh in one part of his speech i think he talked about pop coming down down to the uh oh, yeah. to the islands yeah, he
0: talked about how you know pop came down and, and sat with his family and asked questions and learned about the place and mm-hmm. he said i just thought that was normal for all coaches to do and they said i learned that it's not it's and, him right it's pop so like that's they've got a cool he, he
1: does a really good job i Pop is really good, though, because he's got – what's the female coach? Uh, Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond. Like, if it's going to be a female head coach, it's going to be her. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it's going. It's it's trending. And Popovich has done a really, really good job with that. Well,
0: uh, I think uh, last year, year before – no, yeah, two years ago, I guess. I don't know. Time's a flat fucking circle. But, like, last time the Spurs were in town to play the Hornets, Pop missed the game for personal reasons. And we thought that night here in Charlotte would be the first time that Becky Hammond served as the interim head coach. But instead, Tim, Tim Duncan got – and it turned out to be sort of a – you know, the way they game planned and who handled which teams. And I think Duncan handled the Hornets, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it would have been symbolic, and people thought it was a missed opportunity. But, uh, of course, she's she's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. She, yeah. She, I, I do think she's going to be a head coach. Yeah, I, I, I don't know could when t- it happens, but I think someone is going to hire him. I definitely think
1: somebody – I agree. I, I agree. don't doubt
0: that for a second. That's good, But, yeah, you need, to, I'm, you need to check that out. That's I will, I will really, bro. Really, I'm going to really get good on speech. I'm going to get really, on it. Now, I know you, want, you, t- you texted me yesterday and said that you wanted to talk about this tampering in college football thing. <laughs> it's huge. And I was – and I didn't – and uh, so you texted it to me, and then I guess uh, I was listening to our morning show, and they were already into it. <laughs> so I, we've touched on it a bit in the last two days. But what is it about the, the tampering that you find so in- – like the discussion? What part of it's that's so interesting to you?
1: um that the way in which people are trying to get in contact with other kids
0: oh yeah like a third party back channel
1: right As right if it's new especially well my my thing is that when when you're on that like on, when you're playing for the other team and they're trying to talk to you like that never was a thing when I was playing, I don't really know of. Uh-huh. Um, but for them to, the the way that they're doing it and the, the way that coaches are talking about it and the words in which are coming as I'm reading this article. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kyle. Yeah.
0: Alex Scarborough's piece. Right, right,
1: right. That's what was like shocking. The wild, wild west. Yeah, bro, it was like, cause I didn't even think about that stuff.
0: Well, I mean, like the one high school coach saying he got four calls last off season from four different teams saying, is he happy? You know, they're not using him like we would use him. These are SEC, Big Ten, some big name schools, blah, blah, blah. So, like, all of these coaches are complaining about the transfer portal.
1: And, but they said, but people tried to tell them what would happen if you did it years ago. But
0: aren't they responsible for it? Who? The coaches. Yes. They're responsible for it. They have their hand in it. Thank you. Right. Thank you, They're, they're responsible for it. I mean, Jay Billis came yes, on our station this are. morning. And Jay talked about they it. Are. Like, they are. You know, they, the way they've recruit. – first of all, the way they've recruited a lot of these kids, promising them the moon, you know, selling all the great points of being a student athlete at XYZ University and look at all the amenities, look at our – look at Clemson's football operations facility. We got laser tag in here. Like, I mean, they don't – Jay said maybe lead with the adversity part maybe tell them you're not going to play for probably 2 years you know there's a chance that you never start here you know to lead to recruit maybe a little bit differently to start right. with you know and then so many of these coaches have been engaging in dirty tactics over the years yep that all of a sudden now they're the arbiters of what's fair and good and right, and, right. you know and right. the integrity it, of the game like it, i don't it, that part i don't get and i don't want to paint all coaches with a broad brush because there are some really good people still in the business i agree but even they can't deny how dirty some of this shit's been for a no,
1: long long time no doubt about it so
0: when you're telling me that like oh you know we got players talking to players and yeah you know, we got agents talking it, to players <laughs> and you know OK, <laughs> I, 10 years ago, before we were even having these real conversations, like I knew of those things personally happening on multiple occasions. None of this is new. There's just a portal now for kids to hop into when they want out. And it makes your job harder. Uh-huh. And I, think it, I don't know that it's good for the game necessarily. I don't either. I think too many kids are transferring. But the answer is not to tell them they just can't. <laughs> That's how we got here in the first place. <laughs> That's exactly how it That's is. That's how we got here in the first place. Yeah. So, so maybe it just needs to work itself out
1: naturally. I don't it, know. It, it will continue to work itself out, Kyle. I, I totally believe that. That's a great way to say it. And I, I just I wrote down some statements from the article, Kyle. I thought it was so interesting as I was reading through this thing. And this is, what, this is from a coach. And it said, they all think they are LeBron James. They said, they – it's like they. they well that's how they refer to players. It's not even like you know well if any every kid thinks they're LeBron James, right that they uh, yeah, can okay. go somewhere else that they can be their own free agency, and they feel that LeBron really kind of started this whole power this player power and movement by doing that, sure, and it has funneled down younger people do understand that they do have more power, and it's weird how these and they're all friends with each other now that's the other inside. Like They're all friends with each other, all the kids. So they know who is unhappy. They know who's doing what. That's the thing. It's become this huge youth industrial AAU
0: complex of right. players that all know each other across the country. Yes. You know, or at least regionally on, on the coast and the Midwest. Like these, They all know each other. Yes. And they're playing each other every other weekend. And they're all friends on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat. Like They all communicate all the time. And it's just like part of it's just a natural evolution of life. Like We're all connected. Uh, That's changed everything about the way that we live. So, of course, it would touch basketball, too. So we have to figure out a way to adapt to it. But that is the the new nature of the game where, you know, you do have two guys that play together on an AAU team. One plays at Kansas and one plays at Syracuse. And the guy at Syracuse is only getting 17 minutes a game and he thinks he's a starter. Well, Bill Self might agree with him. And so he has his player in Kansas say, hey, tell you what we got a spot for him. And all he's got to do is DM him, hey, we got a, <laughs> Coach says we got a spot for you. And it's, the wheels are in motion. Yeah. But then again, it's not that different from things that have gone on in the past. It's just the ease at which you can do these things mm-hmm. has made it difficult for coaches to maintain their rosters. And coaches don't like being inconvenienced. No, they do they not. They just don't like
1: it. L- listen to what Mac Brown said. He said, you don't go shake the opposite coach's hand. You go shake the great tight end's hand. Hey, you look great, man. Oh man, we should have recruited you. <laughs> wish you were here. <laughs> oh, We should have recruited you more. Like, uh, wish you were here. Uh, he said that. That's that was a quote from Mac it Brown. Because like Ma- Mac Mac Brown's like, dude, it's changing everything. Like, it's changing. But you know, Mac Brown. Mac Brown is, dude. I love Mac Brown. I do. I'm I love fan. how he runs a program. He runs a program. I hate that I love Mac Brown. Dude, you gotta respect this te- gangster, bro. You gotta love this. <laughs> I I hate that I love Mac Brown, but. I love the guy. Yeah, and then look at what Bill Clark, my guy, my head coach in high school, he's at UAB now. They asked him something about was he – how was it affecting him, this whole transfer portal? Like, were you nervous? And he was like, we all have to have a great – we all hope to have a great culture, but you'd be lying to say it didn't worry you. Like, all coaches, I don't care who you are. Like, you, if one or two of your guys that you may be thinking you're going to count on next year uh, is going to be – coming up and one of these big schools said, Hey, you can come come play here in the SEC and like that that can really hinder a smaller yep. team. Yep. You know what I mean? So that is a thing as well. And and then other coaches that they interviewed in the the Scarborough piece were saying like, I mean, like, why even waste time on my developing players sometimes when I can start to kinda of cherry pick. Well that well, from, not even
0: that, I mean they, you got college basketball coaches now saying that uh, they're, they're probably gonna stop recruiting high school players. You know, and definitely not recruit high school players as much because they can field a team from the transfer portal. <laughs> so, really, they can. I mean, you, you, you can get guys. And that's the other thing is that these mid-major and low-major college basketball programs, they're taking the, a beating with this, and they're fed up with it. Now, it's like I don't think it's going to do anything, but yesterday John Rothstein reported that several mid-major schools had told him, uh, sources told him, that uh, they, were, they were no longer going to schedule high-major programs. For guarantee games, even though those guarantee games help to f- help to fund the athletics departments of those mid-major and low-major schools, they're so upset about the transfer portal and the fact that the <laughs> high-major schools are using them as a
1: farm system, you know, to pluck away their best players. Uh, uh, how do you, but they can't do it every year, do they? Or it's, or they can what do you the mean? smaller schools, they can transfer after each season. If well, say, say if you're a freshman and you have a really good year as a lower school,
0: sure. Well, between not well, right, not just the one year transfer rule now, or the new transfer rule, I should say, but also grad transfers and everything. Right, the now grad, grad transfers. I don't a big think anyone thing. at all should yeah. have a problem with a grad. Transfer. No, You've fulfilled the, yeah. your obligation. You got your degree. Yes. Anybody complaining about a grad transfer can get bent. Yeah, but yeah. But I, I just again, I don't know. <sighs> I just don't think they, they're going to have to let this play out man, to try to get their arms <laughs> around it. But like, if you're a mid-major school saying, we're not scheduling high majors anymore because we're not going to give you a look at our best players up front so you can poach them, well, the tape's still out there. I, yeah, that makes Everybody no sense. Everybody knows who the best players are. Yes. And if they want them, they're going to get them. Yes. And and so, you know, you're just giving up and, you know, passing on a guaranteed pay game for a quarter million dollars or a half million dollars. And if you're cool with that, then fine. That's your decision and not my financials. (laughs) But I don't think you taking your ball and going home is going to keep Duke from plucking away (laughs) Liberty's best player. No. It's not going to stop anything. It's
1: it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And look, man, the big fish always eat. Always. You know, always. And that's why when, when 2020 first happened, everybody was so. I was like, look, I think the big schools need to at least play their season, whether they only play in their own conference or whatever. But you need to make sure you still play because all the other smaller fish and schools, they all take those guaranteed games and make big money for those programs. And the big fish need to keep eating at least some. So then by next year or after whenever they play or want to play again, they're going to still be able to collect that check. It just keeps spreading the law. Yeah, the, the power programs with all the money will stay at the top. Yes. It's
0: why I've said you know, before, you and I have talked about Deion Sanders being at Jackson State. Do I think Dion can attract some really good players to go play there and build a good team? Yeah, I think he can probably attract a lot of talent to go join that university and that, that program. Yep. How long is it going to take Jackson State to build up a stadium, the infrastructure, the budget, you know, all those things to compete year in and year out? with Alabama, with Ohio. Like, that's the, that's the hurdle, obviously, that, that stands in between not just Jackson State, but anybody trying to enter no the doubt. realm of the Power Five. Yes. It's, there's just so – everyone. if you're not there, you're so far behind. And it's still that you're never
1: people up. in the Power Five that are way behind.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there are haves and have-nots within the tops of these, de- of these conferences, you know, the five Power Five conferences. No doubt. I mean, there, there's Alabama money, Clemson, Ohio State money, um you know i know texas a&m money and texas a&m both got a lot of money yep michigan's got a lot of money
1: oregon yeah. has phil knight
0: oregon's got nike phil knight <laughs> fuck you money like but if you don't have that kind of money if you're in the next tier down
1: you could catch
0: lightning in a bottle and hire the right coach like clemson did and make that leap it's mm-hmm. not likely going to happen but you could do it
1: oh miskin can't be disrespectful
0: houston football is not becoming alabama or clemson like that's Never going to happen. And they're a good program, but well, that's never going to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you ever – I know college football goes in cycles, but yeah, you're right. Not like that. It, it, it's certain powerhouses in certain sports.
0: I, well, I should say not like that anymore. Yeah. We, because you, we're, not, we're not in an era where – and there are a lot of sports that are like this. You know, like NASCAR. You used to be able to build your own car. You could be a good old boy. And, you know, if you knew how to build a car in, in your garage out on your farm, you could take it to the track and win money and work your way up. Now, it's really hard to do that if you don't have a whole (laughs) lot of money to get started in NASCAR. It's like with college football, if you're not in that realm of, let's just say, the college football billionaires, you're not going to break into that tax bracket. There's a very, very small chance that's ever going to happen. You have Alabama on TV right now. That's why we're watching this game. Okay, I was wondering why you had college baseball on.
1: Hey, man, I watch everything, Kyle.
0: No, I don't blame you. I love college. I would love to be able to watch the ACC tournament. In fact, my yeah, Hokies, yeah, what is going on with this are playing right now down the street. In uh, what is in going Troos on? Well, what is
1: going on? Why? Why is it blacked out? What is? This is the most frustrating thing. I heard this on your radio it's show really, today, it's Kyle. Really, was it's it's tough driving.
0: This is where I envy you and the SEC network <laughs> um, because things like this, are you don't deal with things like this. You're, you're, and, and it will be later in the week that there will be better coverage, but the ACC network, when they, I guess, launched it, they still had a long-term deal in place with the RSNs, the regional sports networks, for at least the early part of the ACC tournament. So when you launch a conference network, what else should be on your network on a Tuesday afternoon in May other than the ACC baseball tournament? But, in fact, yesterday they're airing the Florida State spring game because you either have to watch Bally Sports South, Bally Sports Southeast, Masson, Nesson, you know, any number of, of regional networks up and down the East Coast to try to find these games, you know, and those are, aren't always packages that people have or channel It's ridiculous. <laughs> and you, here we go SEC Network, you know, I want to watch the baseball tournament. Oh, let's just turn it on the channel for the SEC. <laughs> That's, and I love
1: the people at the ACC Network. That's just,
0: how do you, how does no, that this No, is, this is
1: definitely a, buy out a, the contracts. a ball drop. Buy situ- out the contracts. Well, I don't know if, I don't know if they wanted to do it. It's ESPN, right? It, who who has who I mean, owns if you're ACC? Launch
0: a network, and if you are one of the better college baseball conferences in America,
1: hey man, maybe you weren't ready to to build on all your eight acres that you own. You know, I wasn't in the negotiations. I don't know what they were up yeah, against.
0: Man. I'm just saying. It seems to me that you have your tournament here. On TV, oh, yeah, I do. Uh, pretty sure the Big Ten tournaments on the Big Ten Network, and I, I'm fairly <laughs> certain that the Pac-12 Network has the Pac-12 baseball tournament on. Well,
1: right the now. ACC was the last one to do it, so they're going to be fine. Right, they're the years, last one to do it. You'll be able to see Virginia Tech. They should all
0: those other networks come together, yeah, and you know make sure they did all the things right that they did, and avoid all the things <laughs> wrong. So anyway, I just that's how it is. I needed to bitch ideas. about that for just a couple. They, of I,
1: I didn't know, but yes, that is. I, I watch first of all Alabama women's softball. Is, are really good. I think they're good this year. Um, and my daughter started watching them with me, and she was like, Dad, I like watching softball. She'd never liked watching any sport before. So I may actually let her try and play it, see what happens. Really?
0: Yes. See, that's my, 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 my niece is playing. So I've been getting videos of my niece for the last three weeks who's getting into softball for the first time. And she loves it. So, and I suspect that how old is she? Uh, six. Nice. Six. So no, it's a. You're, if you put her out there, she's probably going to enjoy it. Here's what we got to talk about because I know we're running short on time. Brooks Kepka and Bryson
1: DeChambeau. All right, what is going on? Because I heard. The, the, what do you mean? What's going on? Have you not having seen, a match?
0: Where have you been? You got four kids, man. You got four. kids. I've been on right the rock and yeah, my social media. Social. Is but down. You, you mean you know that Phil beat Brooks at the PGA Championship a couple days ago? Correct. Brooks was doing a, an interview and. I guess he sees Bryson coming. He hates Bryson. They hate each other.
1: Why do they hate each other?
0: Well, dude, this goes back to last year. I mean, Brooks accused Bryson of taking steroids with a meme on Twitter. Oh. They just don't like each other. They they can't. Okay, got stay. it. This is this is sports' newest feud. Oh, dude, I, I love you, it. Come on, give oh, me I gotta some. get you caught up on so, this. Dude. So they are they so they're
1: playing against each other? What do you mean? Are they going? Well,
0: right? f- first of all, yeah, they had the interview. Brooks or Bryson went walking by with a spike on, click clack, click clack, while he's doing a live interview. Uh, Brooks says, and can't, I can't believe this shit. This is fucking unbelievable. You know, they just have to start the interview over. Still goes live. or goes viral. So they hate each other. They can't stand each other. They might be paired together at the U.S. Open next month. <laughs> and I think, uh, it, oh, that's what it was. Today, you know the match, uh, like the last time it was Tiger and yeah, Peyton and Phil. and Phil and Brady, right? Uh-huh. So they're doing another one upcoming in July. And it's going to be Phil and Tom Brady. And it's going to be Bryson and Aaron Rodgers. and. Okay. Brooks Kepka tweeted like an hour ago. Sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers. And no. <laughs> oh, mean, this is turned. Uh. This is turned into oh. the. Oh yeah, that's first major of all, shade. This is sports' best rivalry right now, and this Th- is that's, a, this is major this shade. This is what golf needs, right? This is oh, what. Yes. And like, and Without Bryce,
1: Tiger, this is exactly what they need. So the video gets posted of Brooks
0: Kepka's interview from Sunday, and I think it was SportsCenter that posted uh, a version of it, and in the comments. Uh, I think it was Bryson. Bryson commented on it and said, you know, you can uh, replace spike marks now or something. And everybody's like, oh, Bryson's seen the video. And so then he releases some Bryson's turned into a meathead. Right. He's gained like 40 pounds of muscle. So he's doing the most sloppy, ugly, um, you know, hammer curls with like 80 pound dumbbells. And it's a, a video kind of antagonizing Brooks Kevka. So they're already going back and forth. And then Brooks tweets what he tweets today. They hate each other. And is it this is real. Awesome. Is oh, this- it's real. They do not like each other at all. And this is if golf is. I'll say it this way. Golf will prove itself to be wholly incompetent if it doesn't completely embrace this. <laughs> you the USGA has to put these guys together next month at the US Open. We have to you got to mic them up. I don't give it. You got to. This is fantastic. We've been looking for the, the best post Tiger Woods thing you know, for golf, it's Since true. Tigers. And, and there's been Rory, there's been Jordan. There've been so many great golfers who deserve a whole lot of attention and love, but like th- in this day and age, whether you hate it or not, this is the kind of stuff that sells and Brooks and Bryson is a rivalry that the, the that PGA or the PGA has to embrace, man. That would be foolish not to, and you got to make them play together. Got to happen.
1: But the, I mean, when they play together, they can't say anything. So nothing's going to be, nothing's going to be crazy. Do you, they don't I mean, talk.
0: I'm not, not expecting, mean, but like this, just the Brooks Kepka can deliver a fuck you side eye to Bryson DeChambeau, like with the best you've ever seen. Like he, <laughs> you can see it in his face when he either has to talk about Bryson or when he had to look at him on Sunday. He loathes <laughs> that man. He can't stand him.
1: You know what? For this, Kyle, I want to see it. You want to yes, see it? I want to okay. see it now. I'm glad you're into it. Uh, but I was kind of like iffy on it until that last statement. I didn't know that he just hates him that bad.
0: Oh, they hate each other. They hate All right, each other. I want to see. I'm it. I'm going to send you a video so that you can, you know, figure see, out where it all. Send goes. me the video so I, I can hear the I know. It the the, whole I thought I know you're a big Xander Shoffley fan. I know you. Lo- love you're Xander. You're in the golf playing a bunch lately, so I did, yes. I thought you were. We I've been to trying to play,
1: soon, man. I played the other day. I hit the ball a lot better. We got to get you up to
0: speed. So anyway, so the NBA playoffs—that I know you've been watching. You've been watching the Lakers. Okay. I've, okay. How you feeling about it? How you I, feeling about it?
1: So look, the Lakers have to play hard. You have to match effort with effort, and whether you do it like Brooklyn, where Dude, they just overwhelm teams by their offensive ability Uh and just in spurts can do it that way. The Lakers don't have that. They're a defensive team. They have to do it certain ways, but they have to play hard. That's the thing. And when Anthony Davis has to play good, Mm -hmm. then they can beat anybody because then LeBron can do his thing. It's just – it's simple math. Okay. And I'm not worried – it's not about just being Phoenix. It's about other teams, like – and I don't know if CP's healthy or not. Um, okay. That's going to be the whole thing. Devin Booker's a baller. But, you know, that, that's all I got, man, for the playoffs. I want to keep seeing them get more and more. But all the games have been really good, though. See,
0: I think so, too. The ratings are up, by the way, 50%, which oh, wow. is a great thing. Yeah. But the NBA's regular season ratings, I uh, read today, down uh, 25% over, over the last two years. I think what we're finding- but, but,
1: I mean, it was way everything was on. It was so many other factors. Well, last year for sure.
0: Yeah. The, the, you, you have to compare whatever happens this year to 2019. Right, you know? right, right, so right. that and, I, and most people know that, and that's yeah. where most of the, the analysis is coming. The truth is that they have lost viewership in the regular season. But I think that's a product of, you know, kind of like a lot of things, people are wishy-washy, in and out. They're not consistent with what- People just don't watch things the way they used to. Period. Correct. And, Correct. And so I, what you're seeing is a regular season where the ratings are down- but the playoff ratings are already up big time through the first eight games. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of this will still be matchup dependent for the NBA, right? If you get a shitty matchup or, you know, just a not... you, You want... The NBA this year, you want the you want the Lakers involved, you want the Knicks involved, you obviously you know want uh, the Brooklyn Nets involved. You I got, would love to see Philly. Right. Philly's got a chance too. If MB, Sixers, MB's I mean, you, a you beast. You want these big market teams involved, yeah? And the the NBA playoff right because people still love the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I, I
1: thought the I, first of all, I thought the play in situation was an awesome idea. Right, it, it drew in more fans. It's working. Yeah, I liked. It drew in I more was, fans. I was
0: skeptical, and I, I liked it. Now, I, I, and I,
1: and the fact that Memphis got in that that proves that all right, it could happen.
0: I I think part. I think I was soured on the play in by the fact that Major League Baseball insisted on doing that ridiculous one game wild card. And I hated ba- it for baseball. And for baseball it's, it's not the same. It's got to be a three game series. I agree. But in basketball, a winner take you know winner take all game. It's a tournament. It's it tournament works, basketball. And I wasn't sure that it would work, but I liked it. Yeah. So I, I think you're seeing again, like across the country, that people, it's give me playoffs. Give me high st- – that's why the NFL's still big. You get one game a week. You get 16 – well, now 17 of them. But, I mean, it's just far fewer games. Each game has more meaning. And that's what people, again, are proving now that, okay, I don't always have time to spend two and a half hours on a Tuesday night at 8.30 watching a, a regular season game. But I'll make time to watch the playoffs. You know, I'll, I'll stay up to watch the playoffs. So, I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Plus, people are just kind of getting – like you and I talked about, people are getting back to normal. They are. For the most part. And so, you're seeing people kind of return to – normal sports schedules and it's been
1: great to see just full stadiums and it has been up dude it's been great hearing the roar of the crowd you know that's what it's all about yeah like like feeling the roar of the crowd
0: and that's the other thing like sunday at at kiowa at the pga championship it got a little bit too rowdy like they they didn't contain it well but that was a mass of people, and that was, it was. pretty cool to see.
1: It was. Um, hopefully, none of them coughed on Phil. But um, yeah, yeah, it was real. It was real. It was. It was, it was a lot of people, and you're right. <laughs> the security, you're like, where the is security at? <laughs> like, dude, you're not supposed to let this guy get. They can't get that close. This ain't the '80s and '70s, yeah. where people just run out there and hug you. And that's the other thing. Brooks was pretty shocked. Because look at that. Who was that? That was a. Uh, when uh what's his name uh Hank Aaron broke the home run record right yeah. when he's coming around just some random fan runs on the well I think it was Craig Sager the reporter chasing him around on the base pads too
0: <laughs> so like that was,
1: they, they, I was, like, I was like,
0: Remember remember that pretty
1: happened used- iconic moments yeah there's <laughs> you some pretty I mean? iconic moments you know we're just like average Joe was out there with him right and yeah.
0: Sunday will go down as I think is a pretty iconic moment that's the first real crowd back you know well no yeah and-
1: but Phil was how how many other people have been 50 and win a, ma- a major? Oh, he's the oldest. Yeah.
0: Phil is the oldest uh, PGA Tour major winner in history at 50 years old. And, like, that's – he's not ancient, but he certainly wasn't expected to be there on Sunday.
1: No, man. That's – I mean, that was really big for Phil. I mean, but Phil – also, let's let's thank everybody else for crumbling. Brooks, good that job. Helps. Yeah, that definitely helped. That helped. Uh, um, uh, Louis, who stays in. <laughs> Louis messed it up too he couldn't putt so, yeah, Louis, Louis wait, so a, it took other things too which I'm glad because at the end of the day I wanted Phil to win
0: Louis, Louis has a knack for coming in second there's no doubt about that he has uh, a knack for that um, the, the other th- this is what I meant to bring up um, we're talking about uh, the oh what you did last night so just because I want to hear your glee I've only ever I've only oh, yeah. heard about it via text message to this point you went to a concert last night I did and it was you, outside you enjoyed it Right,
1: I did. It was so a great time. Where,
0: where was it? It was Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's the name. I didn't even know who this group okay, was.
0: So where was this concert? It was in Huntersville, right? It was no in
1: country. Huntersville, out there in this like middle of nowhere field. Really? Yeah. And you're like out, and you're in these like these like drawn like off areas. He, like they're a big deal. Is that a heavily promoted show or? So my wife's friends invited us. So I was in New Orleans because I've had to play in the uh, the Hall of Fame Golf Tournament and then got stuck in the airport all day. By the time I landed, I had to just go. She had already left with them. I get out there, and I'm like, I get there, and I'm just like, you know, just chilling. I've been in the airport all day, kind of dragging. And Then I'm like, listen to this dude sing. I'm like, man, this dude can go. Like, yes. I, kinda, I like this. Yes. I like this guy, right? And they then I like the whole band, and I'm like feeling them, and I'm like, dude, they're good. And They're like, yeah, they're from Alabama. I'm like, what? <laughs> so you
0: had no idea going in?
1: No idea. And, were, and then I was like, I'm like, I could, I'm about to be a fan of these dudes. Oh. So then, and not only that, but like the whole band is all from like Alabama mostly. They got one dude from uh, uh, Canada, um, well, the British Columbia, and then and then the rest of them are all from uh, Alabama. Yeah, no, they're, they're one of
0: my favorites. And ones. I
1: had no idea.
0: One of my absolute favorites.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what you were telling me. They are, that. first have of you, all. You've seen them play though. What's that? You've seen them play live. Live? Uh, no, I've not. Oh, wow. So I was going to ask
0: you about this. You see that you saw that J. Cole made his professional basketball debut in Africa last yes, week. Yes, I okay. did. I saw a video last night that he outfitted the whole team with new gear. New, it was really cool, uh, and his new album came out. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. And I know, like, for some people it's weird, but for them, I say this on the air sometimes, you know, I'm this, you know, bearded hillbilly that they they associate with banjo. I love J. Cole. Like, I'm associated (laughs) with banjos. Love J. Cole. He's fantastic. (laughs) He is. So I was, the album came out, you know, I don't get to new music as often or as quickly as I used to, because obviously I'm getting old, but I finally got a chance to listen to it over the weekend. Really good. And I see an article come out about, uh, you know, J. Cole thinking about retiring from music. And, obviously, he's fallen in love with basketball. He's having a, a great time in Africa.
1: But he, and he's been in love with basketball a long time. Ago. Right. But, like, okay, so what I'm,
0: you're right, he has. But at 36 years old, you know. the Oh, he's, the, I didn't know he was 36. Well, he's 36. And I think the, the way the article kind of talked about him was an aging rapper. You yeah. know, and that he's been around for about 10, 11 years now and that he's aging and this could be his final thing. <laughs> and I, I was thinking about that, like, old rappers. Are there any old rappers, like, still really getting it done? Because I, I don't know how you would even define that, but I was thinking about, you know, Jay-Z has turned into more of a business, you
1: know. You have to real at estate some point, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: sports ownership, that sort of thing, right? Um, Dr. Dre has been with, you know, Beats and all the other business ventures for a while. He's not really music. Like Eminem I saw yesterday. That's what it was. I saw yesterday Eminem and, um, oh, uh, Fuck, I'm drawing a blank. Face tattoos. Post Malone. Oh yeah. Post. Eminem and Post Malone are doing some collaboration, right? Nice. And there was a hilarious joke when, when it came out, and somebody's like, "This will be the college football anthem that ESPN will play all season long, whatever it is." <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, so Eminem came to mind, and I was thinking about that. But like, are there any like old rappers still actually doing it, or are most of them just living off their name? And because like Snoop Dogg will pop up in documentaries, on cooking shows, everywhere. On, uh, sit- Corona. Coms, but he's not exactly pumping out music anymore,
1: right? Yeah, true. So, I mean, I, at 36, oh, let I'm me about tell saying, you, you know what? I, it is one that I hear that still drops music every now and then, and that is West Coast E40. E40 still raps. Really? Yes.
0: Because like they'll get. Uh, I've noticed, I don't know if you have, but I'm sure you have. The, the commercials will bring back like 90s hip hop groups. To oh, set, yeah, like but, detergent.
1: That's me. Or cereal. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're parents now.
0: They're, 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 they're aiming that at the parents, which yeah. is insane. But they'll, I've noticed they'll do that. But I, yeah. again, I was thinking. I didn't you, think
1: about that until I, uh, I was watching the Super Bowl with my boy Malcolm Jenkins. And like one of these commercials came on. He's like, bro, that was for our, our age group. Like, that hurt your heart, didn't it? I was like, dang. It hurt, didn't it? It's like, bro, I feel, well, I feel like I have fell for
0: the machine. because I was. And the reason I brought this up is because, first of all, I saw it, and I was like, wait a minute, time out. So, so 36-year-old Jake Cole is what, being put out to pasture? Like, y'all think he should retire because he's 36 and he's too old now? Pretty sure 2 chains didn't get started until he was 40. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so Then at the same time, like, have you seen like the geriatric millennial stuff everybody's been talking about? No, what is that? So it's just it's a way too online thing for people like me who have to spend more time on Twitter than we want to because of work but you know it's a the geriatric millennial is apparently people born between 1980 and 1985 which i just barely qualify for being born in 85 all right but, but that we're the first wave of millennials that still experienced analog life and then digital life while we were still in our formative years right so we we're, we caught the wave of everything that's happened since then, but we were old enough to remember the way things used to be, and so that because of it, you know, I, those five, those people, geriatric millennials, are exactly. the best suited to to lead the workforce into the next generation. Oh my gosh, this is a, because
1: this is exactly what my wife is going to want to know. Really? Okay, so that, geriatric. I, so
0: that was it. Like much like the J. Cole needing to retire at 36 thing hurt me. You're calling us geriatric millennials. Fuck you, first of all. But second of all, you're making a decent point. You know, that we, I do know how to, you know, help people's grandpas. Like, I, I, can, I can relate to somebody, you know, who's in his 50s and not quite as tech savvy, but I can also help, you know, some 22 year old who can't speak to the 55 year old, yes. you know, and be a translator. That's the gist of their thesis. And I'm sure Gen X people feel like they're more equipped or what. It's like a culture wars or a cultural <laughs> conversation, but. Geriatric fucking millennial. So
1: when okay. when is the when is the millennial term though? Like w- like at what age is the millennial? Well, first of what? all, the
0: millennials like the thing. You, I thought it was after that. It was eighty. The, the first millennials usually defined from nineteen eighty one. People born between nineteen eighty one and I think nineteen seven or nineteen ninety nine, maybe. I think uh-huh. I think that sounds about right. Okay, uh, maybe ninety seven. But it's, it starts at 81, and it's sometime in the late 90s. Then Gen X. In, and Gen X was before that, right? Mm-hmm. But then that, the Gen Z. So it's, But like you, I'm looking at it, you know, they're bringing back the old hip-hop groups. J. Cole's got to retire. Uh, now we're geriatric millennials. Bro. Uh, is it that, happening that fast? But, but
1: you said that we're, we're the ones that's ready to lead the, to the future. What's that? We're, we're the ones that are ready to lead to the future.
0: Apparently it's our time. I don't know if anybody's noticed it, if they're going to let us do it or not, but uh, apparently it's our time. <laughs> there it is. You know what? I, I am I am thankful, though, that things are are settling down because you and I talked about it last time, and I, I don't know if it, I didn't get any bad feedback. I got no nasty emails for it, but, you know, when I was coming in yelling COVID's over and, uh, you know, I got my vaccine, so I'm ditching my mask and I'm just going to listen to the CDC. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some, you know, I, I don't know if anybody got upset about it, but it has been interesting to continue going out and about here in Charlotte, especially like we went to Sam's club last weekend to pick up some, you know, bulk stuff that we needed. And a lot of the, I'd say most of the people in the store were still wearing masks, Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of people who weren't, and there was a lot of side eye going on, you know, and a whole lot of people you could see their wheels turning. Like, I wonder if that person's really got a vaccination or I wonder (laughs) if that person, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of side eyes. It's really, it wasn't uncomfortable. I didn't really care, you know, but I'm good. You know, I've I've got my card. If you really want to see it, it's none of your business. But I'll show it to you. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, let's all you know do the smart things. But they say we're good, so I'm not. I'm, I'm going. Back no, to man.
1: So, so the the day after, um, the governor lifted the rules, um, I have met some friends for uh, roll tide. We just won. Um, I met some friends for dinner, and I left my mask in the car, and I was like, well, I am. I mean, he did say no mask, no. right? It's like, man, I ain't walking back. Let me just see how it goes. So I just walk and then I just, just went right in. Walked in. Just walk walk right in. Right. Everybody was cool. Nobody said anything. It was You
0: and I were sitting here that day. Right? Yeah. Within 20 minutes of us sitting down, Trader Joe's announced, "Hey, you're good. If you've got a vaccine, your yeah. mask." And so then over the next couple of days, I noticed that, you know, public started to do it, Harris Teeter started to do it, um, and most places now that I'm going into, I notice are doing it. And it's like I understand there's some people still that are, you know, want to be, they want to keep, take precautions and, you know, maybe they're a little bit spooked. And I get that. Do you? If it makes you feel comfortable, if it keeps your face warm, if you mm-hmm. just like the anonymity, go for it. I don't really care, you know, but I'm going right back about the way things used to be and I'm just going to walk in and I'm not thinking about it anymore. You know, I did, I'm not doing it. And my wife was the other day, we walked in and she goes, I, I know you're right, but, uh, feels awkward you know people just kind of looking around and not not trusting everybody and i'm like I, I, at some point we got to figure that out don't we like at some point somebody's yeah. got to just start doing it and you know figure out that it's okay like that's the way it's got to start right yeah man it's just like getting back on that bike
1: after you fall you get back on the bike you got to just keep pedaling got to get back on the bike you got to get back on the bike it, yeah. it's just going to be one of those things and I, I think eventually um you you start to get more used to it you i mean in new orleans i don't There was no. uh, They took down the mask mandates too. So oh yeah, well I mean it's happening all over the
0: place. Mm -hmm. I mean some of the you know, like California lagged behind. I don't think they're going to fully lift it until like June fifteenth is what I read. I don't know if they've changed that since then. Mm -hmm. There are a few places that you know still like we talked about, you know are taking a different approach. And there are some places that are even trying to override the CDC stuff. It's like, well, we think we might know better. It's like, well, you didn't think you knew Did better, you better the whole yeah, time the whole you whole were time. telling everybody yeah. to listen to them. So, yeah. you know, that's you don't not, get to decide. That's we not already how had this that. all works, man. Like, and I'm I'm excited. Summer's back. Baseball's back. You know, full stadiums, and I, I'm going to the beach, man. I haven't been get some sun comfortably. You know, out with people at a beach since 2019.
1: Dang, it's been a while. It's been a while. Well, when are you going? I don't know. <laughs> I have no
0: <laughs> idea, dude.
1: I gotta, my brother's getting married next
0: weekend. I got stuff coming up, so I'll figure all that out. We got to hit a vacation. We got to go, though. This was fun. How
1: you doing? Always. That's I appreciate class. that. Yeah. Let me just get that off my chest. We'll hit it again next week. No doubt. See you then, brother. Sounds good.
0: For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Get be nice rest to Kyle. each other. will do.